player of the room of Havana, I'd say. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to Kraken's Cabin. I'm sure you're exhausted loading all those boxes. So, why don't you take the rest of the evening off? You've been back and forth all day. The boxes will still be there in the morning, so come on. Set that. I made a hot chocolate. I know it's pretty cold outside. It's just the way you like it. So please, rest. If you want to continue on loading boxes afterwards, you're more than welcome to, but just take a few moments, okay? Excellent. So, I've been going over the rhyme that I found on the window back in the music room, and I've been trying to find stories and texts that could maybe relate to it and give us something more to work with. So you'll remember how it goes. Roses red, raven and black. To where I go, I must go back. You would not believe the number of stories that involve ravens or roses or both. <laughs> so, for tonight, I've got one of them. I actually grew up on the story of Snow White, but I didn't realize that other versions existed. And in some, did you know that she has a sister? Anyway, this is one of the ones I've been researching, so I'll read it to you. It's called Snow White and Rose Red by the Brothers Grimm. There was once a poor widow who lived in a lonely cottage. In front of the cottage was a garden wherein stood two rose trees, one of which bore white and the other red roses. She had two children who were like the two rose trees. One was called Snow White and the other Rose Red. They were as good and happy, as busy and cheerful as ever two children in the world could be. Only Snow White was more quiet and gentle than Rose Red. Rose Red liked better to run around in the meadows and fields seeking flowers and catching butterflies. But Snow White sat at home with her mother and helped her with the housework, or read to her when there was nothing to do. The two children were so fond of each other that they always held each other by the hand when they went out together. And when Snow White said, We will not leave each other, Rose Red answered, Never so long as we live. And their mother would add, What one has, she must share with the other. They often ran about the forest alone and gathered red berries, and no beasts did them any harm, but came close to them trustfully. The little hare would eat a cabbage leaf out of their hands, the deer grazed by their side, the stag leapt merrily by them, and the birds sat still upon the boughs and sang whenever they knew. No trouble found them. If they ever stayed too late in the forest and night came, they laid themselves down near one another upon the moss and slept until morning came, and their mother knew this and had no distress on their account. Once, when they had spent the night in the woods and dawn had wakened them, they saw a beautiful child in the shining white dress sitting near their bed. He got up and looked kindly at them, but said nothing and went away into the forest. When they looked around, they found that they had been sleeping quite close to a pit and would certainly have fallen into it into the darkness if they'd only gone a few paces further. And their mother told them that it must have been an angel who watches over good children. Snow White and Rose Red kept their mother's little cottage so neat that it was a pleasure to look inside it. In the summer, Rose Red took care of the house, and every morning led a wreath of flowers by her mother's bed before she woke, in which there was a rose from each tree. In the winter, Snow White lit the fire and hung the kettle on the hob. The kettle was of copper and shone like gold, so brightly was it polished. 
In the evening, when the snowflakes fell, their mother said, Go, Snow White, and bolt the door. And then they sat around the hearth, and the mother took her spectacles and read aloud out of a large book. And the two girls listened as they sat and span. And close by them lay a lamb upon the floor. And behind them, upon a perch, sat a white dove, with its head hidden beneath its wings. One evening, as they were thus sitting comfortably together, someone knocked at the door as if he wished to be let in. The mother said, Quick, Rose Red, open the door. It must be a traveller who's seeking shelter. Rose Red went and pushed back the bolt, thinking that it was a poor man. But it was not. It was a bear that stretched its broad black head within the door. Rose Red screamed and sprang back. The lamb bleated. The dove fluttered, and Snow White hid herself behind her mother's bed. But the bear began to speak and said, Do not be afraid. I will do you no harm. I am half frozen and only want to warm myself a little beside you. Poor bear, said the mother. Lie down by the fire and only take care that you do not burn your beautiful coat. Then she cried, Snow White, Rose Red, come out. The bear will do you no harm. He means well. So they both came out, and the lamb and the dove came nearer, and were not afraid of him. The bear said, Here, children, knock the snow out of my coat a little. So they brought the broom and swept the bear's hide clean, and he stretched himself by the fire and growled contentedly and comfortably. It was not long before they grew quite at home and played with their clumsy guest. They tugged his hair with their hands, put their feet upon his back and rolled him about, or they took a hazel switch and beat him, and when he growled they laughed. But the bear took it in all good fun. Only when they were too rough he called out, Children, children, let me live. Snowy white, rosy red, will you beat your lover dead? When it was bedtime and the others went to bed, the mother said to the bear, You can lie there by the hearth, and then you will be safe from the cold and the bad weather. As soon as day dawned, the two children let him out, when he trotted across the snow and into the forest. From then on, the bear came every evening at the same time, let himself down by the hearth, and let the children amuse themselves with him as much as they liked. And they got so used to him that the doors were never fastened until their black friend had arrived. When spring had come, and all outside was green, the bear said one morning to Snow White, Now I must go away and I cannot come back for the whole summer. Where are you going then, dear bear? asked Snow White. I must go into the forest and guard my treasures from the wicked dwarves. In the winter, when the earth is frozen hard, they are obliged to stay below and cannot work their way through. But now, when the sun has thawed and warmed the earth, they break through and come to pry and to steal. And what once gets into their hands and into their caves does not easily see daylight again. Snow White was sad that he was going away, and as she unbolted the door for him and the bear was hurrying out, he caught against the bolt, and a piece of his hairy coat was torn off, and it seemed to Snow White as if it had been seen gold shining through it, but she was not sure about it. The bear ran away quickly, and was soon out of sight behind the trees. A short time afterwards, the mother sent her children into the forest to get firewood. There, they found a big tree which lay felled on the ground close by the trunk something was jumping backwards and forwards in the grass but they could not make out what it was when they came nearer they saw a dwarf 
with an old withered face and a snow-white beard a yard long. The end of the beard was caught in the crevice of the tree, and the little fellow was jumping backwards and forwards like a dog tied to a rope and didn't know what to do. He glared at the girls with his fiery red eyes and cried, Why do you stand there? Can you not come here and help me? What are you doing, little man? asked Rose Red. You stupid prying goose, answered the dwarf. I was going to split the tree to get a little wood for cooking. A little bit of food that one of us wants gets burnt up directly with thick logs. You do not swallow so much as you coarse greedy folk. I had just driven the wedge safely in, and everything was going as I wished. The wretched wood was too smooth and suddenly sprang apart, and the tree closed so quickly that I could not pull out my beautiful white beard. So now it is trapped in, and I cannot get away. And the silly, sleek, milk-faced things laugh. Ugh, how hateful you both are. The children tried very hard, but they could not pull the beard out. It was caught too tight. I'll run and fetch someone, said Rose Red. You senseless goose, starred the dwarf. Why should you fetch someone? You're already too, too many for me. Can you not think of something better? Don't be impatient, said Snow White. I will help you. And she pulled her scissors out of her pocket and cut off the end of his beard. As soon as the dwarf felt himself free, he led hold of a bag which lay among the roots of the tree and was full of gold and lifted it up, grumbling to himself. Rude people, to cut off a piece of my fine beard. Bad luck to you both. And then he swung the bag upon his back and went off without even once looking at the children. Sometime after that, Snow White and Rose Red went to catch a dish of fish. As they came near the brook, they saw something like a large grasshopper jumping towards the water, as if it were going to leap in. They ran to it and found that it was the dwarf again. Where are you going? said Rose Red. You surely don't want to go into the water. I am not such a fool, cried the dwarf. Don't you see that the accursed fish want to pull me in? The little man had been sitting there fishing, and unluckily the wind had twisted his beard with the fishing line. Just then, a big fish bit, and the feeble creature had not strength to pull it out. The fish kept the upper hand and pulled the dwarf towards him. He held on to all of the reeds and rushes, but it was of little good. He was being forced to follow the movements of the fish, and was in urgent danger of being dragged into the water. Girls came just in time. They held him fast and tried to free his beard from the line, but all in vain. Beard and line were entangled fast together. Nothing was left but to bring out the scissors and cut the beard, whereby a small part of it was lost. When the dwarf saw that, he screamed out. Is that civil? He told still, the disfigure one's face. Was it not enough to clip off the end of my beard? Now you have to cut off the best part of it? I cannot let myself be seen by my people. I wish you'd been made to run the soles off your shoes. Then he took out a sack of pearls which lay in the rushes, and without saying a word more, he dragged it away and disappeared behind a stone. It happened soon afterwards that the mother sent the two children to the town to buy needles and thread and laces and ribbons. The road led them across a pasture upon which huge pieces of rock lay strewn here and there. Now they noticed a large bird was hovering in the air, flying slowly round and round above them. It sank lower and lower, and at last settled near a rock not far off. Directly afterwards they heard a loud, piteous cry. They ran up and saw with horror that the eagle had seized their old acquaintance, the dwarf, and was going to carry him off. 
The children, full of pity, at once took tight hold of the little man and pulled against the eagle so long that at last he let his treasure go. As soon as the dwarf had recovered from his first fright, he cried with his shrill voice. Could you not have done that more carefully? You dragged in my brown coat so that it is all torn and full of holes, you helpless, clumsy creatures. Then he took up a sack full of precious stones and slipped away again under the rock into his hole. The girls, who by this time were used to his thanklessness, went on their way and did their business in the time. As they crossed the pasture again on their way home, they surprised the dwarf, who had emptied out his bag of precious stones into a clean spot, and had not thought that anyone would come here so late. The evening sun shone upon their brilliant stones, and they glittered and sparkled with all of the colours so beautifully that the children stood still and looked at them. Why do you stand gaping there? cried the dwarf, and his ashen grey face became copper red with rage. He was going on with his bad words when a loud growling was heard, and a black bear came trotting towards the mud of the forest. The dwarf sprang up in a fright, but he could not get to his cave, for the bear was already close. Then, in the dread of his heart, he cried, Dear bear, spare me. I will give you all of my treasures. Look, the beautiful jewels lie in there. Grant me my life. What do you want with such a slender little fellow as I? You would not feel me between your teeth. Come, take these two wick girls. They are tender morsels for you. Fat as young quails, for mercy's sake. Just eat them. The bird took no heed of his words, but gave the wicked creature a single blow with his paw, and it did not move again. The girls had run away, but the bird called out to them, Snow White and Rose Red, do not be afraid. Wait, I will come with you. Then they knew his voice and waited, and when he came up to them suddenly his bare skin fell off, and he stood there, a handsome man, clothed all in gold. I am the king's son, he said, and I was bewitched by that wicked dwarf who had stolen my treasures. I've had to run around the forest as a savage bear until I was freed by his death, and now he has got his well-deserved punishment. Snow White was married to him, and the rose red, his brother, and they divided between them the great treasure which the dwarf had gathered together in his cave. The old mother lived peacefully and happily with her children for many years. She took the two rose trees with her, and they stood before a window, and every year bore the most beautiful roses of white and red. Okay, well, there's no hint in that story that it even has anything to do with my uncle's disappearance or even why he's missing. I think we're going to find some red herrings as we work, you know. I'm so glad you decided to accept my offer as the research assistant. With so many books and texts to work through, I imagine our work's going to be cut out for us. Anyway, this was just a short story. I need my sleep tonight. So, I will wish you a good night. I'll be making breakfast at 10am, so if you'd like to join me, I'll see you there. Sweet dreams when you get there. You deserve that.